Hello and welcome back to the Mouth of the Time podcast brought to you by the Shields Gazette. Uh, I'm Joe Buck and I'm joined today with Miles Sarveth. Miles, how are you? Heading, what, two days before Wembley? How are you feeling? I'm good. Um, it's 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 going to come up quickly, really. We've been so busy. I, I know you too this week. Um, you haven't had too much time to think about the actual get, get into Wembley, the game. Um, and it's almost upon us now. So um, it's probably been a good thing we've been so busy um as you haven't had too much time to think about the actual uh no there's, there's been no nerves yet as in any case as you say it's, it's been a busy week and we'll talk about all the things that have been going on around the club in a minute but news is you know just broke just before we start recording here about miguel Almiron signing a new three and a half deal with newcastle united what that's for me that's a massive statement of attendance something that he deserves from form this year what what what's your thoughts about that new deal well, it's interesting. I remember when it was the takeover came along, and, and it was being said by some people online. Um, you know, he'll be one of the first players out the door. If you remember, um, Almirón hadn't certainly been at his best um, in the latter part of Steve Bruce's time. Um, he didn't really find a role for him. Um, the one thing you get though, Almirón is is a work ethic and, a, and an intensity. I remember at the time thinking, well, that can't be right. Given what he gives to a team, he's probably one of the what the first names on Eddie Howe's team sheet because that's exactly what Eddie Howe looks for. So I thought that uh, talk of him going and uh, you know bringing big names and um, Almiron would say will be one of the first out the door. He'll, 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 the club will move on. He'll get better players. I, that kind of jarred with me because I, I just felt he was one of the players that uh, would would be perfect for Eddie Howe, and that's how it's turned out. And, and I kind of think back to last summer and in, in, in pre-season when we got that kind of glimpse with um, Benfica. He just seems in a really good place. You know, he scored goals. He was linking well um, with Trippier on that side. And that's what we've seen all, all through the season. It's that kind of partnership with, with Trippier, the kind of triangles as well with the midfield, which have um, been such a key part of the team's success this season. Absolutely. I think... I think, like you say, we'll talk about the match in another podcast, but I think Almiron is probably one of the keys to success against against Man U. And it's good to see the club are committing, you know, the players have got now, because as much as you can, you want to add all these superstars, you need a core of players who have been there at the club. And, you know, we know what you're going to get from Almiron every game. As you say, tireless work, and he's improved remarkably under Eddie Howe. So I think I think it's a great deal for the club. And so, Yeah, and certainly those those those. those... Ten goals have been have been so important to this team when they've had to do with you know be without the goal scores that they've had to be without Isak they've had to be without Wilson at different times they've you know we they've had uh, Gimaraes suspended they've they've missed some key players he's been a consistent for this team okay um, there's been peaks and troughs in terms of his goal scoring but ten goals is is fantastic when you when you add that to his what he gives you off the ball in terms of his press and his work rate uh, you can see why he's such an important player to this club. Absolutely. Now, moving back after that news, we go back to Tuesday. The club held a media day for journalists and press of various various people. What was what was that like as someone who was there? What what were the general feelings around the camp? Obviously, that was you know five days before the final, so it was still a long time before before Wembley's. What were the feelings around around Newcastle that day? Well, I've been covering this club for kind of twenty three years now, and it was a kind of a first for me. Really, I've never reported on a final i've never been to a cup final media day um so it's um you know 
after 23 years as well. So it, it, it was good. There was there was three players and Eddie Howe um, was speaking to the press. So Eddie Howe didn't do his usual press on Friday, which is today. We're all used to his kind of updates on a Friday, the day before a game or um, before a weekend. Um, so we haven't had that. Instead, Eddie Howe spoke at the start of the week. And I think that kind of suited him really to get the media commitments out of the way at the start of the week. Um, of course, Eddie Howe spoke quite a lot about um, Nick Pope, that situation, the goalkeepers, um, as, as well as one or two other issues. And Kieran Trippier, Dan Byrne and Sean Longstaff also spoke to the media. And it the, so it was the early part of the week. So there was no kind of, uh, you couldn't sense any nerves. You couldn't sense, sense any kind of um, uh, anything other than, than, than players who are really looking forward to the week and, and looking forward to getting the work done that they need to do ahead of the final. Of course, you look at Manchester United, they had a game in between. They were, they were at Barcelona last night, which we'll discuss. Um but yeah, they're very relaxed and at ease. Really, uh, all spoke well. That, that on spoke about their respective stories. Of course, Sean Longstaff a couple of years ago, he, he was essentially frozen out of the team. Um, if you'd said to him then, two years later, you'll you'll be a fixture in a Premier League team or a team which is fifth in the Premier League, which has been fourth, third, um, and looking forward to a cup final, he, he wouldn't have believed you. Then there's Dan Byrne. A story. There's his story. He was kind of released at quite a young age. wasn't formally part of the club's academy or or, or um, centre of excellence at the time. But he trained trained with the club um, as a, as a young boy. He was released and had to kind of his journey's been a hard one. He's come up through the leaves. He's the leagues. He's he started at Darlington, uh, and then of course there's Kieran Trippier and his wealth of experience um, and the first signing for the new new ownership and uh, what a signing he was. So it was it was good to speak to all of them um, and, uh, of course, get Eddie Howe's uh, views on, on a number of issues. As you touched on before, one of the big issues coming out of Saturday's game against Liverpool was obviously Nick Pope's suspension. Loris Karius is now, you know, they haven't announced he's going to start, but everyone assumes and everyone, you know, 90% sure he's going to play. How do you think that dynamic of having Karius rather than Pope in goal might impact Newcastle on Sunday? Well, it, it's not ideal, of course. Um, Pope's been um, tremendous this season. He's uh, he, he's been been a, been a very very good signing, um, and it was very un, uncharacteristic characteristic what he did because he hasn't made too many mistakes. Um, first things first, we asked how if there was going to be a, an appeal. Not surprising there wasn't because he would have had next to zero chance of succeeding and, and could have had his punishment um, increased. The thing with with, with Karras and Mark Gillespie is, is they've just not had any game time. Um, I think it's off the top of my, my, my head. Mark Gillespie, Mark Gillespie's last competitive kind of senior game came in a, a league would have been a League Cup tie in away to Newport County. That's more than two years ago. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Karras who's played forty five minutes of a friendly in December, and again he didn't play for Liverpool last season. So he's gone a long time without um, a competitive uh, game. I, I asked that uh, question to Eddie Howe at the press conference, and he said, "Well, it would it would be a far bigger concern, of course, if it was an outfield player." He said, "The goalkeepers have done what they need to do; they do what they need to do every day of the week." Um, he was less con- concerned by that, of course. Experience-wise, it all points to Carrius being being in goal. He's played at a, a very high level, played in some very big games. Um, and has and has got a very good pedigree, 
So um, this can go, the story's almost written itself, or we hope it's written itself in terms of this kind of cup final redemption after what happened uh, with Liverpool in that Champions League final um, in 2018. Let, let's just hope that's the story, because Lois Carris is a very good goalkeeper. He, he's, he's had a very good career up to now. Um, he's just had, had uh, an awful, awful time in one game, and that's really affected his career. Um, but everyone we speak to at the club, kind of on the record, off the record, has been very impressed with him um, as a person um, and as a goalkeeper. Um, and going off what they say, I, they're very relaxed about the fact uh, that he could be in goal or most likely will be in goal at Wembley. And uh, I think I'd take a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think if it was any other season, I may be a bit worried. But the fact Newcastle's defence has been so strong this year, you know, they've got the best record in the Premier League. I know Pope's kept so many clean sheets, but you don't tend to come out with too many games thinking, oh, Nick Pope saved Newcastle there with, you know, with like three or four stunning saves. So I think that as a defensive unit, they can probably protect carriers quite a lot. Not that carriers would necessarily protect them, but I think as a unit, they're probably very solid. And much like you've said there with the whole, if they've got the support of the team, the coaching staff, then I don't think there's anyone to argue with that really. I think that it's not ideal, but, you know, it would it would be typical, not typical Newcastle United to make it easy for themselves. So they've just got to go into Sunday as much as, as much as they can do and, you know, hope that the defence will be able to to cope with carries behind them. I think that another thing, one of the main topics for me from Eddie Howe's press conference and talk to the media was the fact that they were treating the game very much as a normal game, you know, not treating it as a cup final. You saw, you know, Dan Byrne talk about the fact that he didn't end up getting his suit measured after after his video and all that. So, what for me, that stands Newcastle in good stead that they're going to treat this like any other game. What, what are your thoughts about that? I, I tend to agree. Of course, it, it isn't any other game, but let why not treat it as, as any other game? Um, Eddie Howe's all about kind of routine and, and, and keeping things as um, I don't know as normal as they can, and and you can totally understand that. Um, it's easy to get swept up on when living in Tyneside um, with with the whole kind of cup final fever. You can't leave the house without. There's, there's flags, there's signs, it's brilliant, but the players themselves have just got to focus on what they've got to do in the game. It will be, it's not like any other game. It's it, it's one of the biggest occasions this club has had for, for decades, really, for a long, long time. It could, could be the first domestic trophy since, you know, the mid-50s. Um, it, it's a huge game, but I, I think it, it's it's right to have um, this kind of this kind of approach. Um the whole suit thing, yeah, we would be nice to see see them arrive in some suits. But is that going to is is that going to make any difference in the fit, field? Is it potentially a distraction? Um, no, I think uh, they'll, they'll turn up in their track suits and they'll get on with it as they have been doing every every game this season. Um, Eddie Howe, he may well turn up in a suit and then quickly change into a track suit as he did. Um, if you remember uh, earlier this season, uh, amid the tributes for the. Uh, for the Queen. So, uh, no, I think that's understandable. They're, they're, they're going to go to London the day before the game, as they would do for any other game in the capital. Um, no uh, no uh, special special measures. Um, so let's uh, hope that just keeps their focus and uh, it just minimises distractions, really. Yeah, and there'll be 32,000, almost 33,000 Newcastle fans at Wembley on Sunday. All you know, all of them will be hoping to see Kieran Trippier, Jamal Sells, whoever 
lift that trophy. Now you spoke to the last Newcastle United captain to lift a major trophy. What was there? That was Bob Monkey, obviously, back in 1969. How was that for you? How was meeting him? And what did he have to say about Sunday's game? Well, I was very lucky, really. I used to travel to away games um, with Bob when he uh, used to give me a lift at games when, when he worked for Real Radio. Uh, he used to cover those games with, with um, Pete, Pete Graves, and we used to go away to games together. And it was fantastic. I've heard, you know, I loved hearing his stories. Um, and Bob was an absolute machine. He, he would comfortably drive to all these games without a stop. He was, he would he'd be on time, ready to go. Uh, and he was everyone else in the car who was wanting breaks or turning up late. And, and he had a lot. Um, I think we tested his patience at times. But no, I've, I've always loved hearing Bob's Bob's um, stories. Um, and of course, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, hard. it's easy to forget how long ago um, he lifted that trophy. Um, almost uh, um, 54 years now. It's extraordinary, really, to think about it. Um, and he's had this tag, the last man to lift, lift the trophy. And, uh, and he's absolutely ready to, to pass that on to Kieran Trippier. Uh, though of course it could be Jamal Desels who lifts the trophy inside the stadium, but he did. He was. He's been very impressed. At what was clear is very impressed with uh, Trippier as a leader um, and a player this season. Um, he's a big admirer of uh, of Kieran Trippier. Um, Bob will be going to Wembley. Um, he's going to be doing some, some work in in uh, some some corporate work down there. So he, he's really looking forward to it. And what was interesting. He spoke about 69 and, and he, he said he was 24 at the time. He didn't really have an idea of what that team had just done. Of course, it was a big a big deal that, that there was 50,000 turn up for the home games. and it, it was a big cup win. But the real enormity of what they achieved um, has only just really sunk in over the years. And he, and he said now he's a, now he's a fan and, he, and he'll be going to Wembley as a fan to, to cheer on this team. He can appreciate what they did as a team. And, um, and it'd be the same for this group of players. They probably, if and we all, without tempting fate, if if they can go and uh, go and win it, they they may not appreciate what they have done for this club. But uh, let's just hope um, they can they can get uh, get what would be a momentous and historic win. As you, yes, as you say, the nineteen sixty nine team last one. They would never have dreamt that that would be the last time you know the lifting Newcastle lift a major trophy till hopefully Sunday. Um, but even if they don't win on Sunday, even if you know the worst happens in Manchester United, you know inflicts more final heartache on them. Do you feel like this is a start of a potentially new era and something that hopefully, from our point of view, from fans' point of view, the finals then become a regular thing and these days don't feel not don't feel so special because they always do, but become a regular occurrence. Yeah, let, let, let's hope so. This this feels kind of so new to us really we haven't had had finals since the late 90s um um we, we've had kind of the, the semi-files and, and, and other big occasions and and, and um some near misses and, and what have you but yeah let, let, let's hope so it's just, we're just not used to this um this kind of occasion this kind of build up this this kind of week really as i said we're just um let's just enjoy it Absolutely. I don't know whether Newcastle fans will enjoy it. For me personally, I think I'll enjoy the whole weekend, bar the, 100, the 90 minutes, 120 minutes of football we might get. I think that'll be possibly the most stressful football of the season. But, you know, it's here and I think we've just got to embrace it. And as you say, it doesn't happen often. So, yes, yes. everyone travelling down London, if you watch it in the pubs in Newcastle or at home, please try and enjoy it <laughs> if you can. Um, and 
all you know we're gonna we're gonna be there me you domska a colleague is gonna be there we're gonna be bringing you all the best content from trafalgar square covent garden wherever wherever newcastle fans congregate on the day we're gonna be bringing everything from the match the build-up the reaction um and of course hopefully bringing the stories of newcastle's first trophy major trophy win since 1969 and obviously the best way to stay up to date with all the very latest from Wembley and Newcastle's journey this weekend is with the Shields Gazette. Miles, thank you for joining me on another episode of the Mouth of Time podcast and stay tuned for part two where we'll preview the game with Manchester United.